I just thought of a new phrase that I, I'm okay. going to start saying. That's a good one. Right. God hates the hands that shed innocent blood, but he gave you those hands to cradle and hold your precious child one day. I am yours. I am yours. I am yours. Send me, Lord. I am yours. I am yours. I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip encourage and challenge you in pro-life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel stay tuned i felt your passion touched your heart welcome back to the gospel-centered pro-life podcast we appreciate you guys joining us i'm daniel parks and i'm here as always or as often with Vicki Cassiorg. Say hey, Vicki. Hey, everybody. And we're blessed to be able to bring you these podcast episodes. We hope that you guys are blessed by these episodes. We produce them to encourage you, equip you, challenge you, get you thinking, and even help us to think things through. A lot of these podcasts come out of us um, just talking about these different subjects, talking about even how we can improve the way that we do our outreach at abortion centers. That's really kind of been the main focus of this podcast is a gospel-centered outreach at local abortion centers. And again, really focused on equipping you guys who are out there, but also other people in other pro-life ministries. We certainly would uh, invite anyone into this podcast community to uh, listen to this podcast. We would encourage you guys to share this with anyone you think that would be blessed by it. And um, with that, we'll jump right into our subject and it's a training and equipping subject. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll encourage you guys. I do want to mention that we have a website. We mention it often, sidewalksforlife.com. And we put a lot of content out there. We put basically, I think every week, Vicky writes an article. And a lot of times that's what we base our podcast episodes on is the article that she wrote. And... Uh, we put those articles up. You can go on sidewalksforlife.com and just click on equipping articles and you can find those articles. And also now we have on that website, I just put up recently, a link to the podcast. So we have a separate podcast website. If you go to gospelcenteredprolife.com, that's the podcast website. Eventually, maybe we'll kind of merge those two things together. The two really helpful resources. And I don't say that just because we created them. I say that because they are. They're helpful. I don't care who created it. They're helpful um, websites. The website for the podcast, you can actually go on. If you go to gospelcenterprolife.com, you can go. There's a search bar there. Put whatever keyword you want to look for. If we did a podcast about it, it's going to pop up. It's going to show you what podcasts we've done that cover that subject, that have that keyword in them. Um, The Sidewalks for Life website, was really helpful because there's kind of like a training module in there. As a matter of fact, on the very front page of that, if you click start training now, it'll kind of bring you through a training process, just some bullet points and stuff, and even some videos that you can watch that we think will be a blessing to you. And we're going to continue to put content out there. Yeah. And even I'm doing some things and thinking through some things to help improve that. And even maybe even to keep folks who are doing this ministry connected with each other. So looking into some ways to do that. Um, But with that, I do want to mention on that Sidewalks for Life website, there's an article that we put out just recently, a blog post, and I can't remember exactly the name. I think it has to do with uh, calling out uh, phrases to call out or something like that. But um, we'll try to put a link to that article 
in the show notes to this podcast episode so you can get there because in that blog post is actually a PDF that you can download that has some of these phrases. And we're going to share some of those kind of one-liners, things that you call out as you're there at the abortion center. Now, months ago, we did do an episode about calling out because we went through our whole training and kind of broke down each kind of each component of our training that we do for our, our sidewalk counselors across the nation and broke those components down into episodes, individual episodes. And we talked about calling out, but we're going to get specific today in some, some really powerful phrases mm-hmm. in calling out. And I know I'm kind of dominating right now. I hadn't let you talk at all, Vicki. That's all say right. Something? You know I'll make up for it later. Yeah. Okay. We'll let you make up for it later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're going to focus on um, calling out some of the phrases, some of the things you can use. And we're talking about calling out at the abortion center. We're talking about the scenario in which you're on the public sidewalk the abortion center is 50 feet away from where you're standing, like what we are in Latrobe and Wendover and even Planned Parenthood. It's vehicular traffic. So there are people parking their cars in the parking lot. We can't be in the parking lot. We've got probably 10, 15 seconds, maybe a little longer, maybe a little less from them walking from their car to the door of the abortion center to call out, to raise our voice and to be heard. Now, we're not talking about what we've been accused of, screaming at people. Right? right, And so go back and listen to the calling out episode that we did because we talk about using an inviting tone. Mm-hmm. We talk about, yeah, you need to raise your voice, but you want to come, you don't want to come across as screaming. You want to be approachable, right? Yeah. And just kind of a side note, I actually watched this uh, a couple of weeks ago. I was just going on YouTube. Man, YouTube is such, it could be a cesspool, but it's such a resource if you use it right. Mm-hmm. And so what I was looking at is some training, some teaching about how how to raise your voice in such a way to be heard and and do it without screaming and do it with an inviting tone. So there's actually some some coaching and stuff on there. Oh, I need that. Yeah. Because I lose my voice a lot. Yeah, well, yeah. a lot of it, and this is not what this episode's about. We're going right. to talk about some of the statements that you can use. Yeah. But I think this is helpful. It's talking about speaking from your diaphragm. Right. And actually... I learned, I actually do that mm-hmm. uh, naturally. I mm-hmm. kind of naturally in, in my early walk with the Lord, even up until now, like probably a year after I got saved, I was involved in doing some street preaching and stuff like that. So you kind of learn to raise your voice in that scenario to be heard. You want to broadcast your voice. And, you know, you have to ask yourself, I'm a church history guy. I like reading church history. And I read about men like John Wesley, for example, mm-hmm. who in the days of not having amplified sound, was able to speak to like ten to 20,000 people. For hours. For sometimes. hours. <laughs> yeah. So he had to have some, I mean, he had certainly the Holy Spirit was using him, but just naturally speaking, he had to have some method in which he projected his voice. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, many guys don't know this. Many of you folks that are listening don't know this. Some of you might, might but Benjamin Franklin, Mm-hmm. And George Whitfield, George, Whit- George Whitfield was a preacher at the time of John Wesley, and uh, Benjamin Franklin and George Whitfield were actually friends. Benjamin Franklin was not a believer; he was like a deist, but he was friends with George Whitfield. And he went at one point and used some because you know, he was a scientific guy, so he used some of his measuring devices and tried to measure how far away George Whitfield's voice could be heard. And it was like a mile away or something. I don't know. That's you guys Google that. Astonishing. Yeah. Wow. So your voice can be raised in such a way to be heard. 
without you screaming, without you losing your voice. And of course, there's other things you could use. Some cities, you're able to use amplified sound. We are able to use it here in Charlotte. Some cities, they don't care if you use amplified sound. Some cities, if you use amplified sound, you're going to get a citation. Mm -hmm. So you've figured that out. I can't tell you guys who are listening all the information on that. But we can give you some helpful phrases to call out and however you do that. And so we're going to jump into that. And we're breaking this down in really our three talking points. Hopefully you guys know what our three talking points are. That When we train people, here's the three kind of headings that we use of, of things that we're going to say under those 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 headings. The first is, what does God say? Yeah. And so we want to, we want God, because he's already in the equation, to be on the forefront of what we're saying. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to give you some examples of that. So what does God say? Um, the humanity of the baby, that's our second talking point. And then the third is the resources that are available. And under those headings, we're kind of going to kind of look at some phrases. And what we did is we polled our local sidewalk counselors. I don't know nationally, too. Did we do it nationally? No, it was just local. Okay. So we we polled our local sidewalk um, counselors and just asked them, what are some of your favorite phrases to say? What are some of the most effective phrases um, to say? And also, we'll say this, too. Vicky has a list of 150 or so moms that have chosen life over the years, and she shoots out a text or an email to them every once in a while and, and asks, what are some of the things that you heard that helped you to choose life. And right. so we base some of what we say on that as well. Um, but under these headings, what God says, humanity to the baby, and the resources that are avail- available, we're kind of looking at maybe two sides of the same coin, right? We're looking at phrases that are empowering and phrases that are convicting or that are a warning phrase. Right? Yeah, and I don't know that we're going to talk too much about when you would say these because you would say those at different times. A convicting sure. phrase is probably not what I would start off with yeah, in yeah. general because in general that's going to make them not want to talk much more with us right. um, until they trust you a little bit. So usually I, I will start with what I believe are more empowering. And oftentimes when I call out, I'll try and get all three of those major talking points in one 15-second plea, and that's not what this is. This is really just separating out the portions of a phrase that people really like, that they've either said themselves or that other people say. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to be thinking in terms, again, of, like we've talked about often, of a young woman going into an abortion center who's scared. Mm Mm-hmm who's under a spirit of fear, under pressure from other people. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of stuff going on. And you don't want to come out of the gate with the convicting, you know, God God sees what you're doing. You better turn away from this. And so, well, I say typically you don't want to do that. But I will say also what we always encourage you guys with you need to be led by the Holy Spirit. That's key. Yeah, because yeah. the Holy Spirit knows in the moment mm-hmm. what that woman needs to hear. And there mm-hmm. could be some times, and to me, I think they they should be few and far between personally mm-hmm. because I, I've been out there and I walk with God and I know how the Holy Spirit deals and I, I've seen what the Holy Spirit does and how he deals with these women and how he speaks through his people. It, it Most of the time, the... The first phrases that are going to come out of my mouth and most people's mouths, 
and I think rightly so, are empowering phrases. Right. Yeah. But there are times, again, where phrases need to come out that are a little more convicting, and that's the initial thing. Now, a lot of times, the way I kind of see things and the way, you know, just trying to be led by the Holy Spirit, the flow of things go, is typically we'll see a mom, first time she's there, she's from her car to the door, that's when I'm calling out some of the some of the things that are more empowering. You can do this. Mommy, right. your baby is painting precious. Painting a vision. Yeah, painting yeah. A, a positive vision. Like, yeah. you don't need to go in there. We can help you. That sort of thing. Right. But if I've seen her go in and out like three or four times, then I might get into a little more of the convicting. Like, God sees what you're doing, and he's not pleased. I might say something like that. Right. But, again, you guys have to walk with the Lord. If your heart is tender before God— we talked about it before a couple of, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, I think. We talked about how when we're walking with God and there's a tenderness in our heart and a humility in our heart, that's going to come out of our mouths. Right. And if there's just this jadedness and disillusionment with the world in your heart and you're not walking with God, not walking close to the Lord, that's going to come out of your mouth, anger, bitterness, and all that stuff. We want to just, we want to be walking with Jesus and speaking out of a humbleness and a surrender to Jesus and a love for him and for those moms and those babies, yeah, first amen. and foremost. And the, that'll be communicated. Yeah. So should we hop into them? I think we should. Okay, so the first is probably, well, without a doubt, the most important in my mind is what does God say? Yeah. That's the first category. And, um, and so one of the first things that I say, and I know I've heard probably the most, this phrase, your baby is alive and made in the image of God. Yeah. And I love that for so many reasons. For one thing, you're countering the lie that it's a blob of cells when you're saying he's alive. Made in the image of God is the crux of the worth of that child. Yeah. And just right away, just get at it. It is God who made that baby. And the reason for that baby's value is that baby is made in God's image. So, so much is conveyed in that single sentence. Yeah, absolutely. And it's such... And in my opinion, encouragement. And then some people tag on, um, some of the our counselors said, and so are you. Yeah. So that they're, again, empowering both the woman to look at herself in a positive light. What does that mean to be made in the image of God? And to look at the baby yeah. in, in that light. Yeah, I will say that. We need to steer away from like complex theological statements, mm-hmm. you know, things that would get more into like trying to break down. If you're going to use this, your your baby is alive and made in the image of God. I think mm-hmm. that's powerful. Right. But trying to break down and being made in the image of God actually mean, you know, trying to break Don't that. Don't do that. Don't, not you got do 10 that, seconds right? anyway. Yeah. So, so again, you've got to think in the mindset of a young woman who's scared, who's alone, stuff going on in her life. Simple, straight to the point statements, and let God help her process that. Right. Really, the main point with this is you're bringing God to the forefront of her mind. Yeah. And quite possibly, He's already there. She's already prayed. She's already thought about this. She's already struggling with it between her and God. And He's already convicting her. He's already doing His work by His Holy Spirit. You're just reiterating what what God's already doing. Yeah. This yeah. phrase too, I think, is important uh-huh. and powerful. Because it kind of handles two of the talking points, right? Yeah. What God says, yeah. that baby's made in his image, and the humanity of the baby. It's a baby. It's alive. That right. child, he or she, I won't normally say it, I will say he or she is alive and made yeah. in the image of God. Yeah. Now, I will tag onto that statement personally. I will say 
Mama, your baby's alive and made in the image of God, precious in the sight of the Lord, just like you are. Yeah. I do tag that just like you are because mm-hmm. I want her to see that our concern out there on the sidewalk is not just for her baby. This whole we're pro-birth garbage, like we don't care about the mom, we just care about the baby, is just a lie. We mm-hmm. care about that mom. And she's made in God's image. Yeah. God sees the struggle. That's one of the things I'll call out, kind of maybe adding a little more to this than, than I should. Um, but one of the things I'll call out is that God cares about you and he cares about your baby. Yeah. God sees your struggle and he sees the struggle your baby is in right now. And yeah. that is a life and death struggle for your baby. Yeah. So I'll say that. That's yeah. that's something along the lines of kind of bringing God again into the equation. Right, right. Um, something I I do want to point out is sometimes the women will respond. And yeah. if they do, it it's usually best to in some way um, piggyback off of that response. Right. And so that, that might guide you in, into what the next thing is. But because sometimes when I hear that is, yes, I know God loves me. Yeah. And, and God understands or God right. – God yeah. basically it's okay with God because he loves me. And um and then I I would probably say something along the lines of you are right God does love you, but he also loves that baby and he is a loving God, but he's a God of justice. Yeah. And it's not just for an innocent baby to die. Yeah. In that so, situation, I know exactly what you're talking about. Your baby mm-hmm. is precious in the sight of God and made in his image. Mm-hmm. Loved by him, just mm-hmm. like you are. Yeah, I know God loves me. And my response will be, well, doesn't he also love that baby yeah. you're about to kill? Yeah, yeah. So I want to provoke thought. I want to turn the question back on them. Right. And so, yeah, don't be surprised if you hear them yell back at you something mm-hmm. to try to defend themselves or make themselves feel better or, or something along those lines. You're not always going to have just the right answer <laughs> like me sometimes. 15 minutes later, I'm like, oh, I should have said this, right? So I I file it away for the future that if someone says that, I'll I'll respond with this. Sometimes you'll hear, and I know you've heard this a lot. I have. If you're out there, you're going to hear it. Are you going to adopt my baby? Are you going to take care of my baby? And my response with that, and and of course, you have to make sure you're in a position to do this, but as, yes, I would love to take care of your child. Or, yes, we have families that will adopt your baby right now. And it kind of does shut them up. Mm -hmm. but the reality is it's it's not about that for them. It's it's really a fig leaf to try to cover up the conviction that they feel. Yeah, yeah. One thing I would not do in response to them is get defensive and start trying to justify yourself. Yeah, exactly. Um, because, again, every word is precious. In yeah. those 10 or 15 seconds, weigh them carefully. Yeah. Everything you say, you have very limited yeah. time. You do not have to justify yourself right. for being out there on the sidewalk. You do not have to convince anyone that what you're doing is the right thing. Right. Because after all, you're called by God yeah. and you've got a mandate. Open your mouth for the speechless, right? Yeah. You've got that from the Lord. So you don't have to justify yourself. I agree totally with that. Yeah. Don't get into a back and forth with them. Right. And we're talking really, again, about calling out these kind of one line statements. So another statement mm-hmm. as it pertains to what God says, and I think this is really powerful. And I have seen moms choose life that, that said specifically they chose life because they heard something similar to this. Mm-hmm. Your child is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, it's helpful to use the word "your child." Yes, not right that away. That's baby, the humanity of child. the baby. Yeah, yeah. So it talks to the humanity of the baby, mm-hmm. and then, of course, the word "gift." Your child is a gift from God because mm-hmm. what they're feeling is that this child is just a burden. 
A punishment. A punishment. And really what you're doing is you're bringing the truth. Yeah. Right? Because the Bible tells us very clearly, right? Psalm 127, children are a blessing, a gift, or some versions say a heritage from the Lord. So it's almost yeah. like children are are better than real estate, right? Yeah. right? That's yeah. what a heritage is talking about. Something yeah. you hand down, something that's like been given to you as an inheritance. Yeah. This child is an inheritance, a gift from God. And that's how I would say it. Your baby is a gift from God. And then uh, I think one of our counselors are the ones who who you kind of copied this from. This is a right. statement they, yes. they commonly yeah. use. And they tag on to the end of that, just especially for you. This child is a gift. Your baby is a gift from God, especially for you. I think yeah. that is good. Yeah. Yeah, it shows the uniqueness of of that person as the mother. I I will say a similar thing. God chose you to have this baby. He didn't have to give this baby the spark of life, but he did. And that baby, he knows what he's doing. He doesn't make mistakes. And that baby is especially for you. So I think, yeah, I, I like that statement a lot. I think that's a good one. Yeah. So moving along to another one that kind of stands out to me. Mm hmm. And this is more along the lines, again, in the empowering, and then we'll kind of get into some of the convicting ones here. Um, But God sees you, Mama, and cares about you and your baby. Yeah, That actually can be convicting, right? God sees you. The eye of the Lord is in every place, the Bible says. God sees what you're doing, and he cares about you and your baby. So I think that can move into the realm of conviction. Obviously, all of this is is supposed to be convicting and convincing. Right, right. Um, but moving into some that are a little more like hard hitting, yeah, and I think appropriate. Mm-hmm. We talked earlier about when they can be appropriate. I don't think out of the gate that you would say God hates the hands that shed innocent blood. That's that's which is a direct quote from the Bible. It's straight God from the hates scripture. The hands that shed innocent blood, and so yeah, if I if you start with that, you are likely not going to get a good response. Yeah, so yeah. that would never be my opening. Right. And but it is biblical. Yeah. It is a biblical concept. Yeah. You can get theologically into, you know, does God hate people or, or I can break that down for you. The Bible's it's what it says, right? It's more than talking about their physical hands, it's talking about their actions. But it is talking about God's view of people that rebel against him and are willing to shed yeah. innocent blood. Yeah. But I think it's a gentler way of saying it in a in a way because for me, when I hear that, I do think of the hands. Yeah. The part of you that is taking this action that God hates, he he hates that that's what you're using your hands to do. Yeah. You could be using those hands instead to cradle a baby. And I just thought of a new phrase that I'm okay. going to start saying. That's a good one. Right. God hates the hands that shed innocent blood, but he gave you those hands to cradle and hold your precious child one day Yeah. so that you're contrasting what, what those hands are going to do, that there is a choice. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, good. Yeah. So one really empowering statement that I use often, mm-hmm. and I use it especially with the men because I'm a man speaking to other men, but I'll use it with the women as well is to encourage them that they can be a good mother because many of them yes. have been lied to. You can't be a mom because you're so young or because you're of this demographic or single. Single, yeah. Going to college, whatever. whatever. You you can't be a mom, you can't. You can't. That's what the world says. But I believe God says something different. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to contrast the lies that they were they're believing with the truth. Yeah. And the truth that I'll share oftentimes 
is that you're already a mother. So I want to plug that. Like you're already a mother. So that speaks to the humanity of the baby. Mm-hmm. But then it, then I go on to say you're already a mother and God can help you to be a good mother. Mm-hmm. And that's really empowering to me. You can be a good mother for that yeah. baby. Yeah. I'll say it to the men. Yeah. You're already a dad. If you got her pregnant, you're already a father. God can help you to be a good father. Young man, you can be a good dad to that baby. Yeah. It starts with you getting her out of there. That's yeah. something similar to what I'll say. Yeah, and I, I love that phrase. And what I often will tag on is you can be the mother or the father that God designed you to yeah. be to, again, remind them God designed you for a good purpose. Yeah. It's yeah, not good. this. It's not going in and killing your baby, but you can be who God designed you to be to remind them they, yeah. they don't have to make the choice to yeah. rebel against him. So yeah, moving on good. to kind of that second category. So the first mm-hmm. one is what God says. Mm-hmm. We touched on some of those good phrases. There's there's so many more. Go on that um, in that blog post on Sidewalks for Life and download that PDF. There's a lot of good kind of one-liner statements there. Yeah. But moving into the humanity of the baby, because that's mm-hmm. our second talking point. Right. There's a few here that I think are really good. And again, kind of make these your own mm-hmm. as you're calling out, guys. Something similar to this. These are just some suggestions. Uh, the first one we have here on the list that, that we're looking at yeah. is your baby is alive. Your baby's heart is already beating. Right. That's powerful. Yeah. Humanity of the baby. Now, a heartbeat does not make a human being a human being, right? We, we acknowledge that. And I would say um, I, I often am kind of careful with this because, you know, the heartbeat starts very early. So we can be pretty confident that baby's heart is already beating. But I will say something and kind of, you know, tweak it a bit and say your baby's heart, you know, at 17 to 21 days after conception, your baby's heart began to beat. Yeah. If you're five weeks, your baby's heart is already beating. Right. If you're six weeks, your baby's heart is already beating. So, yeah. you know, just to be careful, we talked about in, in the last podcast, may our words and, and a couple of podcasts ago, may our words be completely true. We want to embellish right. upon the truth. We don't want to yeah. add to what's already true. But yeah, I mean, if a woman's at an abortion center, her baby's heart is already beating. So you yeah. can confidently say that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Of course, she's there for a DNC. Right. And that's probably the uh, the line I use most frequently in the first part of yeah. almost every single time I call out. That yeah. that's always going to be in there. I'll often add in brainwaves at six weeks. Yeah. Speaking to the humanity of the baby, and both of those are important. Not because they're what give the baby worth, but because most women don't know that. They really don't know that. They don't know that such a tiny little person, um, you know, just, you know, what the size of a grain of rice already has a a beating heart. They don't know that. And that I think that's a really critical truth for them to to be aware of. Yeah. Along those same lines, your baby already has arms, legs, fingers and toes. Now that again, if we're going to be strictly true, the the baby doesn't have fingers and toes till around eight weeks. Yeah. Um, some of those babies coming in, you know, those moms are only going to be five to six weeks. Yeah. Uh, usually a minimum of five weeks. So I would it, I would usually qualify that statement. I'm, I'd be a little bit more careful and say if you are as early as eight weeks along, your baby has arms, legs, fingers, toes. Yeah. Every organ in place yeah. in eight weeks. So all those developmental milestones in that first trimester, I think, are very powerful things yeah. to call yeah. out. Yeah. And, and- you know, digging into it, 
what I don't want is for people to be thinking like I need to walk on eggshells and qualify everything. And, you know, what if they don't have fingers and toes? But I mean, really, they do. They do, even though they're not visible. They've got fingers and toes. They've at least got the uh, stem cells that are there that are creating those fingers and toes. And early along, if you see ultrasounds of babies in like five and six weeks, they they have hands. They have fingers. They're kind of webbed looking, right? They're very early. Uh, But they've got them. So, yeah, don't get hung up on, I want to say everything technically right all the time. We just want to make sure the motive of her heart is we're not embellishing. You know, if she's six weeks along and you're saying, you know, your baby is sucking its thumb or something like that, that's just not true, right? Because they don't have the ability to do that at that point. But we do want to talk about how that baby is a human being. And I think being intentional, whatever phrases, whatever one-liners you use, I think it's Important to be intentional about using words like baby, of course, mm-hmm. your baby, um, your son or daughter. Mm-hmm. I will say that often. A member of your family, I've started using a lot okay. because they don't really think of that baby yet as a yeah. member of their family, but indeed it is. Yeah, yeah. And so. I think that's, we don't have it on this particular list, mm-hmm. but that's a phrase I often use that I think is powerful. Mm-hmm. And it's just simply that baby is your son or your daughter. Right. That's yeah. your child. I will say that. Yeah. Say that to the men, too. That's mm-hmm. your baby. If you got her pregnant, I always qualify with that. If you got her pregnant, because mm-hmm. we see a lot of men at the abortion center that are just friends or cousins or whatever, and they're bringing the, the girl there. So I want to qualify it. If you got her pregnant, your baby mm-hmm. is precious in the, of, in the sight of God. Your baby is made in the image of God. Your baby, that's your son or daughter, and you're required to protect them. This you know, some of the phrases that I'll use. And if you see another child in the car, which is often, or another baby in the car, you can expand that to say, just like that beautiful little baby in your car. Yeah. Just as precious in the eyes of God. Yeah. To remind them that's another member of your family that you are to love in the same way that you love that yeah. child in the car. Let me, let me rabbit trail just one second because that okay. brings something to mind for me. you love to rabbit trail. I love to rabbit trail. <laughs> and I want to give like a stern warning. Like, okay. don't do this. Okay. If, if, if you're doing this at on the sidewalk, don't do it. Stay okay. away from it. And Uh-oh. that is... I hope I don't do it. <laughs> I've seen people do it. You have not done it, as far as I can tell. Um, but we see a lot of families come into the abortion center. And often I've seen... Car, a car, a mother and father, obviously, because obviously a mother and father come in with three or four kids in the car with them to kill one of their other babies. Yeah. Speaking to the kids and saying, yeah. do you know your mommy's going to kill yeah. your no, that, brother or sister? Bad. I've seen people yeah. do that. I yeah. rebuke people for doing that. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. It's creepy. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's inappropriate. Yeah. And I don't think it honors Jesus because you got to think like, what, what is that? 10-year-old child going to do yeah. over we, the fact that their mother's inside of the abortion center. Like, it's, yeah. don't do that. So well, that I, was a bit I of a rabbit trail because that has it, nothing to do with but this. It's but it's a good one because you, you're also, the psyche of that little child is that he loves his mommy and daddy. And that's such an important relationship. And the last thing we want to be doing is harming that relationship. Um, hopefully, when you're speaking to the moms and dads, uh, the you're usually saying things that a very young child is not going to really grasp. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and there's I really totally nothing agree. you can do about that. I mean, if they yeah. decided to bring their whole family with them, like I'm yeah. not going to move away from saying certain things, right. but I'm just not going to direct those things to the children. Exactly. Don't do that because yeah. that's. Yeah. Not, I don't think that honors Jesus, and no, it's, it's I, weird and creepy. I agree. So let's let's jump in as we kind of wrap this podcast up. 
to some of the things that we would call out as it pertains to resources. That's our third talking point that we train people to use in yeah. reaching out at the abortion centers. So the resources that are available. So one of the things that one of our counselors wrote is we have lots of hope and help to offer you. That's just That's a nice, good. neat statement that is true. Yeah. And um, and gives them two words they need, hope and help. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think I like that. It's generalized. We have mm-hmm. lots of help and hope available for you. I think also if you can be specific, mm-hmm. especially when you're in a scenario in which there's a pregnancy center across the street or just down the road or like we have a mobile ultrasound unit right there right. saying, hey, we have a resource available right here, a free ultrasound, free pregnancy test. Free is also a good word, by the uh, it's way. It's an important word. Right. Yeah. Um, just up the road, five minutes away from here, yeah. there's a pregnancy center that will give you a free pregna- mm-hmm. pregnancy test and ultrasound. I think that's, mm-hmm. some, that's an important statement to have. It's kind of like not there, but here sort of statement. Don't go in there. Go here. Yeah. And so I think as far as resources are concerned, whatever your resources might be, calling them out, if you can be specific about them, I think it's good. We have doctors that would see you free of charge. That's a common mm-hmm. statement that we yeah. that we give. Yeah. It's kind of a one-liner statement. It's true. We have doctors. We have yep. Dr. Matt and other doctors that have offered their services free of charge. I'll say that because yep. I think that's powerful. Yeah. Whatever you face, we have churches that are available that want to help you. We, we can really connect you with resources that can help no matter yeah. what your situation is. Yeah. And I yeah. like this one. And I think we'll kind of bring up the, bring up the rear with this statement. Okay. If you're cool with that. Uh-huh. And I think this is an empowering statement. And I think it's a, an encouraging statement. And I think it's a thought provoking statement that can get, get a good response. Mm-hmm. And it's, we have help for you. Tell me why you're here. Tell me your That's story. That's a good one. That's a good one yeah. because you are saying you are important. Your perspective on a, on on your world is important to us, and we want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that one. Yeah. Another statement along those lines is just simply, would you come over here and just tell me your story? Yeah. And it, it's powerful. Now, I haven't seen a lot of response. I don't use that commonly. I have heard that used. Mm-hmm. Um but I think God can use it to provoke thought and help these women to see that you care about them and potentially get them to come over and talk with you. Right. Now, I have used that when I see men milling around in the parking lot mm-hmm. and just said, hey, man, come over and just tell me your story, dude. I know yeah. you're I know you don't want to be here because I, you know, for a lot of I can tell they don't want to be there. Yeah. Just come and tell me what's going on, man. I'll say something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, hopefully these were some good, empowering statements for you guys. And again, go to that website our website, sidewalksforlife.com, equipping articles. And there's an article there where you can download a PDF of just some statements to call out. Make your own PDF. I think it's good, especially if you're training other people, because this is a very intimidating part of this ministry. Maybe you've been doing this for a long time and it's no big deal to you to raise your voice and call out across the parking lot. You've got your own statements and stuff. For some people, though, it's a big deal. Yeah. And so if you can empower them by giving them a list, maybe sending this podcast. If you're training people, uh, maybe you're not part of Love Life, feel free to use that that um, PDF that we gave you access to on the website to print it out, hand it to your people that you're training. Yeah. Um, have them listen to this podcast and uh, yeah, empower people. And I believe God's going to use these statements and God's going to use you to save babies. Amen. He will. Amen. All right, guys. Well, we often give our email addresses and so we're going to give them now. Daniel at lovelife.org. Reach out to me if you want to get in touch. And you can reach out to Vicky 
at lovelife.org. Vicki with a Y. We'd love to hear from you guys. But until next time, God bless. God bless you all. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life. Nothing's too precious since I met you.